Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to the Shore Thing today. It is August 6th. Warren here with you. Ryan is on vacation in Florida. He'll be back next week. So special guest today, Dalton Miller. Had him on a handful of times, multiple times. We'll talk some Cowboys, and we'll also talk some F1 because uh, he's more into F1 than Ryan. We can get a little more nitty-gritty. Not saying Ryan isn't in F1. He watches the races, but he's not. Like, so much more to F1. There's so much more to F1 than the races, um, as we can get into that. And that's why you like F1 and the, everything like that. So it's there's a lot more to that than just the races, um, as I've tried to discuss. But uh, and we'll talk Cowboys as well with uh, Dolan. You can check, check us out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, app under the podcast section. Uh, Dalton, how's it going? Thanks for coming on. Fantastic, man. It's it's starting to get busy. We're getting into the football season. I am so excited, you know, to to actually be able to to watch live football again. It feels like it's been two off seasons in one, uh, partially because of, you know, what has gone on uh, with the pandemic. Um, and then also just because Game Pass sucks and I don't have all 22 <laughs> to watch. Uh, so it's been a weird off season, uh, but new job, new responsibilities. I'm writing all of the time now, so it's uh, it's kept me busy. Yeah, I see that you're at uh, Pro Football Network right now. That's where you can go check him out, all his writings at, and Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. So that's uh, exciting there. Are you going to still – you're still doing the draft stuff there too or more into the uh, obviously league-wide or what's, uh, what's the sitch yeah. there? So it, it appears I will be doing the NFL stuff until the NFL season ends, and then I will transition back to the NFL draft until the end of the, the draft cycle. So I'll, I'll still do it, um, but I don't think I'll have a, a 300 prospect uh, yeah. draft guide this year. You got to scale it back a little bit. Yeah. I do like the Pro Football Network, their, their uh, mock draft simulator. It's the best one in it the is business, the best baby. One. It is the best one. I find my come April. Or March, get get a little bored. I will say I'm not with the Browns. Look, I always love the draft, but when the Browns now they had one good season, you're just like, yeah, you know what? The draft is it's important, but it's not it's not our Super Bowl <laughs> this year. So it's uh, I don't find I don't find uh, myself th- that much spending that much time on the um, on the uh, mock draft simulators. It, but it, it who knows? feels good to have a good roster finally, doesn't it, it? It does. It feels good. It's a first time in a long time. It's Listen, uh, Browns fans deserve it because there aren't <laughs> many more fan bases in all of American sports, at least that are as diehard as Cleveland Browns fans are. So, Listen, you've had to deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the past 40 years or so. You know, the Browns obviously haven't been there for the entire time. Um, but it, To no fault a, of their own. And I want to say, yes, no okay, fault of yes, the Steelers' yes, own. Okay. They voted against the uh, – got to give them credit. They voted against yep. them moving. Yeah, but it, it, it all worked out in the end. And now you're on the, the doorstep of an AFC championship bid. I mean, the AFC's yeah. tough, but the, the Browns are a damn good football team. Yeah, well, yeah, you saying it all worked out in the end. My dad would disagree on that. It took a little longer to work out than most people would have expected. But, uh, yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, yeah, they got a good team. They got the whole thing. Uh, didn't really mean to talk about the Browns here, but uh, the whole thing about the Browns is they got uh, their competence. They got a competent GM. He's, he's better than competent GM, but he's a very good GM. They got a competent head coach. Like these guys are smart. And when you hire shocking, when you hire smart people, uh, good things happen. And that's through year one. Don't want to get ahead of myself, get ahead of myself. But that looks what has, uh, had has, has happened. And I've been, I've been sitting on this take for a while. I haven't said it. I've been, I haven't said it to anyone, but so Jimmy Haslam got, he's been getting flamed for being a bad owner. And look, I was, right up there with him saying he's a bad owner he's 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 too gun or he's too uh trigger happy on firing regimes but you know what if you know early on a guy is bad a gm or coach just get rid of him and keep cycling through the process until you get it and you know what you might look like an idiot that you can't hire the right guys but sooner or later you'll fall into something you finally listen to his chief executive paul d podesta and it seems like last year he stood out of the way so tides might be turning like he did a lot of bad things but he finally i think got it right and and listened to the right people so i'm i'm turning around on jailbird jimmy 
Hey, I don't blame you. It, it, it took a long time to turn around, but they did finally get it. And you yes. have to give credit for that because they kept trying and they kept trying different avenues too. They went super analytical, then they went super football guy. And now it appears at least like they're somewhere in the middle. For sure. No, that is for sure. All right, we'll get in the Cowboys. One of the things when we were talking about days to do it, it was Thursday or Friday. And you said Friday, that worked better. Uh, and that is obviously because there was a football game last night, the Hall of Fame game. And when we were talking, I forgot about the Hall of I forgot about the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> like I knew it was this week. I said, Oh yeah, what if it's on? And then I was like, Oh yeah, that's right, the game's on. Um I will hand up. I uh only saw a little bit of the third quarter. I played the golf club at Dallas Scramble last night, two man scramble Thursday night, which Dalton, if you got time to do it, I would highly recommend doing it. It's a fun little thing. Um, so I just saw the uh, third quarter a little bit, um, but uh, I would say it was as expected for a preseason game, especially from the offense. You're not expecting, uh, well, Dak didn't even make the trip. Um, and you're, look, if you're expecting any good offensive football in the preseason, I think you're a little bit, uh, uh, you're, you're crazy, especially in the preseason game. The whole thing, though, the, I don't think anybody's really worried about the offense going into the season. Um, I like they got the best quarterback in the in the division and you're trying to win the division. They got the best offense in the division. The whole thing is, can the defense improve from the literally worst defense in franchise history? Can it improve to like 15th best in franchise history, even 20th best in franchise history? And they will see just uh, astronomical improvements in the win loss record. If if Dak is able to. uh stay healthy and play all 16 games. Yeah, that's the, I think the interesting question for the Dallas Cowboys this year is what can this defense turn into? Uh, because we, the the selection of Micah Parsons was was tough at the time because we already have a bunch of linebackers on the roster. Then we, you know, already had a little bit more because Keanu Neal was transitioning to linebacker. And then they also drafted Jabril Cox as well. So there's an influx of linebacker play. But I do have to say, watching Micah Parsons last night was really, really fun. He was flying all around the field, and I think that using him a little bit as an off-ball linebacker and a little bit on the edge as a stand-up outside linebacker who rushes, sets the edge every once in a while, is a good transition for him at the NFL level to start his career. I think he can end up being a Mike linebacker off the ball and blitz very well, Um, but I think that they probably have their two starters in Jalen Smith and LVE although I, I don't know that for sure. But the rest of the defense, man, the, the secondary is still a question. We don't know what we're going to have opposite of Trayvon Diggs. Uh, Anthony Brown did not look very good last night, just from what I saw. Obviously, I don't have the All-22 because of Game Pass. And unfortunately, Game Pass didn't even uh, give me the replay of the game, uh, either in <laughs> condensed form or in long form, even though it says two to four hours after the game ends, we're supposed to have it. Um, so I haven't been able to rewatch it to see uh, how exactly every member of the secondary was. Um, but Nation Wright looked half decent last night. He got beat on a slant once um, and got beat downfield once, but that was with a uh, Chase Claypool push off. We just don't know what we have opposite of Diggs. And honestly, we don't really know what we have in Trayvon Diggs yet. On top of that, man, the, the defensive line did not look good yesterday. Um, and that's going to be an issue. If they're not able to, to generate pressure, there's just no way that this secondary is going to be able to defend guys, even in a country cover three style defense like this Cowboys team is going to be looking to play. Um, so I think we're still probably looking at a bottom third defense in the NFL. But if they can stay in games early, that offense is going to give them a chance to win. Was It's like... The comparison I'm going to make is when the Chiefs lost in the AFC Championship game the first year with Mahomes, their defense was horrible. And everyone yep. was, say, was saying, hey, they're a bottom half of the league defense. They just got to get, or they were like, what, they were like 28th, I think, 27. Like, they were really, really towards the bottom of the half. They just need to get to 20th, 16th, 17th, 18th, and in those late teams range. And look, they go on and win the Super Bowl. Like, the Cowboys just need to be like, as I said, a 20th ranked defense. And yeah, look, one preseason game, it's hard to judge. No, like Demarcus Lawrence wasn't out there. Randy Gregory wasn't out there, but Lawrence is, he's a little banged up. I think the big thing is Randy Gregory this year. He's got to be a guy that, that they got to count on um, to get some pressure opposite because he's, uh, he's 
he's playing for his contract. He's got a lot of stuff. Like he's got a lot of stuff going on with him. And I, it, and I don't even know if you can still trust him. That's the whole thing. Like, like they're, they're going on a guy that, that could be, we could find out tomorrow. He failed another drug test and is suspended and no one, no one would add an eye and you're, and you're trusting a guy that you, uh, has not given you any reason to trust him in the past. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't think that the the marijuana uh, testing is going to be an issue at this point. I, I just don't think that they're they're not doing it. They're not enforcing that at this point. And I, I don't think that he had many issues outside of just using marijuana as yeah, a, a coping point. mechanism. And the the big thing for me, and the thing that helps me, and it, it's still difficult to trust because you have been beaten so many times by the the suspensions for Randy Gregory. But the one thing that really puts me at at, at ease a little bit is hearing him speak and hearing him talk about the process that he's been through and where he is mentally right now. I think he's in a much better place than he had been in the past. And I think that that is, is massive for him going forward, man. There's a lot of talk coming from camp about how good he has been. And I'm really interested in seeing it. We, we obviously didn't get to see it yesterday. Um, he was in street clothes, but he was on the sideline. He was cheering his teammates on, uh, I'm really excited to see him in live game action in, during the rest of the preseason. Yeah, one thing you mentioned, LV. Did you notice he was going double neck roll last night on that little shot? I don't. I do. I don't know. I mean, he he's going to end up like in like the four point thing that they put <laughs> in you, so he literally can't move his neck at all. I mean, listen, his his health situation is terrifying to me. Because he yeah. had the neck issue coming out of college. They either believed it was going to be okay or they ignored the issues that he was having um, and drafted him anyways in the first round. And it worked for a year or two. And then he got injured. And now he continues to to get injured either with the collarbone or with the neck. And that's always going to be scary, especially for a position that takes as much punishment as linebackers do. Yeah, I just – I've never seen a double neck roll last night. And that was uh... – I got a chuckle out of it, but it was also just like, well, it's a good thing they didn't do the option on the guy. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. First of all, I should retract that. It's not a good thing they didn't do the option because you're hoping when you drop the linebacker in the first round, the guy's going to be able to play for like 10 years. And Mm -hmm. right now you're banking on his health as a reason why you're not doing the option. It's like, it's a double-edged sword out there. So you would like to make an easy decision on it. And and you're not. And then it's the whole thing of, hey, we're drafting Micah Parsons because LVE is probably going to go when we could use that. You could use the first round pick on a corner. You're just you're as I said, at the t- you're drafting for positions that you're going to fill next year. And I'm not Micah Parsons. I think he's going to be a good player. It's nothing away from him, but it's like you're trying to fill some needs, other needs on the defense instead of drafting from what was supposed to be a position of strength two years ago. And then last year it looked like a major week or it was a major weakness on the team. Yeah. It's, it's tough to, uh, to come to grips with, with the assets or, or the, yeah, the draft capital and the money that they put towards that position in the last couple of seasons and to see it not perform last year was disheartening, uh, to put it lightly. Well, and then it's also, if you look at teams that are pretty analytical, they don't value linebackers a lot. So they don't like, the Browns don't value linebackers really at all um, unless one falls in their lap and you're looking at other teams that it's, it's so old school and new school football. There's it's the clash of which one do you like? So it's interesting. I'm not, both can work out, but it's so interesting on how teams value different positions and, and why, why, why I, I tend to, I don't understand why you would really value linebacker that much now yeah you need a couple of good ones but it's a it's a passing league and if mm-hmm. i need guys that can cover out there so so get guys that can cover 100 that's right i mean that's one of the reasons why fred warner is the best linebacker in the nfl or one of the best linebackers in the nfl eric kendrick's the same thing in yeah. minnesota these are guys that are safety level type coverage guys at the linebacker position and that's what makes them so valuable and get me as many Keanu, uh, Keanu Neal's or whatever you, you get the uh, you get the position versatility. Hey, he could play safety yep. a couple plays. He's he's uh, um, at, who's the guy in Arizona that they always move around? I can't I, I'm, can't can't remember his name right now. Uh, Buda um, Baker or no, Buda Baker? not Buda Baker. Well, they do, but there was another guy. He was like the first. Not no, not Buda Baker. I thought he was like a linebacker, but they're like, oh, he could play. Uh, 
Oh, it was like Simmons? three years ago or something. I think. Oh, I can't remember. three years ago. Oh, Two or three um, years ago. Hassan Reddick is was a linebacker pass rusher coming out of school, and then um, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson yeah, was drafted. No. I can't remember. I, I don't know. know. But uh, no, I know that. I uh, but I just position versatility. That's what you. Uh, that's what you need out there. All right. What do you? Uh, where do you stand on McCarthy? Are you in his court? What do you uh what do you think about Big Mike? I see your uh I see your grin. I, I don't really know what how to feel about Mike McCarthy. I, I really don't. I, I've heard horror stories of him um uh, when he was in Green Bay. I, I don't know if, if those stories are corroborated by other people. Like I, I don't know if he was skipping meetings to get massages or not, <laughs> although it, it seems like he was, uh, for me, I, I I'll take anything after having read for 10 years. I mean, we, we get a well, little coach, bit, not red. He's coach after. Yesterday. Yeah. 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 Coach coach, you know, the guy that's writing fight in Sharpie on his shirt for some <laughs> yeah. reason. Um, no, I, I, uh, I don't mind McCarthy. Um, as long as he allows Kellen to kind of cultivate this offense, I'm happy with him staying out of things and being the walk around coach. Uh, I, I like the personality that he brings when he comes on the radio. He's, he's not like super rah, rah or anything. He's, he's not, you know, wildly entertaining. Like some of these coaches, he's not biting kneecaps like Dan Campbell, uh, yeah. or, or doing up downs, but he's sarcastic, uh, that, that West Pennsylvania sarcasm he's got going and he's kind of funny and, He's truthful. He gives good answers, um, but as a as a head coach, I think he's just kind of middle of the pack at best. I agree, and I I also think last year is so hard to judge. Hundred percent. Just it's not even because of the yes. It starts off with not having a full off season for the pandemic, but then you're like, oh, look at the teams that had new coaches that made the playoffs. Okay. But guess what? They started to excel in the back half of the season. And when you were hoping the Cowboys were going to excel in the back half of the season, their quarterback got hurt. And after that, it's just we're throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall. And what are we going to do? You can't you you can't do anything. It's the last year is so hard to judge. So you almost have to judge those first four games before the injury. And, yeah, there are a lot of mistakes there, but he's also getting back into the groove of the fire of a year off of football. And he's got to, he's got to get the feels right and everything. And so he's getting his feet wet. It's just a lot like last year is a total wash, which it was, I don't want to say it's a bad thing that that got it's, or I'm going to say this. It's almost quote unquote, a good thing. He got hurt. So the pressure is a little off McCarthy this year. It's still hot, but like, Hey, he got a, he got a, he, he, he got to go, tread some water a little bit, get the feels back. And then, all right, he's ready to go this year. So it's, yeah, you never want to have your quarterback have that serious of an injury, but your coach was able to figure stuff out, get back and get back in the coaching waters. And this year be able to take the next step or get back to where he was. I mean, that's what you hope for. You you hope that they're able to take the next step. And I, and for me, I, I think that this defense actually having an assignment that these defenders can understand because the defense last year was too complicated and they couldn't figure it out to start the year. I think that this team is going to start out a lot better than they did last year. And also just having one of the easiest schedules in the NFL when it comes to Vegas win projections is going to help the Dallas Cowboys too. Yeah. Cause they face what a fourth place schedule. No third place schedule, right? They have the, uh, according well, to Vegas projected win totals, they have like the second or third easiest schedule in the NFL. Yeah, no, because what they got third in the division last year, right? Yes. Yeah, so they got the other two third place teams rather than Washington that's got to play the Packers and whoever else the whatever other NFC division, and then the other crossover games. So you're getting a third place schedule, which is a big, um, a big time boost. Is is the defense as simple as it's Dan Quinn and not uh, uh, Mike Nolan from last year? Is that? Cause like I know McCarthy's boys with them and he's not throwing them under the bus. Well, he kind of is, but he's not, he doesn't want to burn that friendship is what it seems to me now. Yeah. I don't think it was 
I don't know if it was Mike Nolan as much as it was. Well, it was Mike Nolan, but it was because of the accelerated or non-existent offseason, not able to get on the field and get those reps in person defensively because there was so many match concepts, because there was so much uh, complication to that defense and communication was so massive. They weren't able to get that. They weren't able to gel in the preseason or, or in uh, practice, you know, in, in training camp leading up to it. So it was just a, a tough situation for that defense to start the year last year and going back to something that they know in 2021, I think is going to make them a little bit better just by default. And you got to hope some of the guys are able to take the next step or to continue their growth of getting better digs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a couple of you're hoping that they can improve. And I didn't even think about this until I was driving home last night, but every other team gets three preseason games. I know we hate the preseason, but it was a total advantage for the Cowboys and Steelers to play a fourth preseason game with the guys on the back half of the roster, I think playing, getting reps. Now, if you're the Steelers, I don't know why you're playing Chase Claypool or Najee Harris is playing in the second quarter, but, but, but those guys that are playing in the third or fourth quarters, especially the rookies out there, like that's a big time. I think that's pretty big that they get a fourth game rather than just three games like all the other uh, 30 teams in the league do. Yeah, and it's not going to be as big for their own team. So the third and fourth stringers for the Cowboys or the Steelers, for that team, it's not that big of a deal because they're seeing all of those hundreds of reps and thousands of reps in practice. Whereas what this does is it gives a, a fourth game of, of tape from the preseason for these other teams to look at these guys and see who they might want to bring on after camp, after some of these guys get cut from their teams. Because the preseason isn't just about trying to make your own team. It's, it's about putting on a show for the other 31 teams. And, and that's what makes the, the preseason so important, Mike Florio. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I, really, I, I really do think that the, for the players on the Steelers and the Cowboys, it was a huge advantage, yes. Florio's on a heater today. Oh, my God. He <laughs> needs to take a day off. Just go sit down and shut up. I uh, I want to like him, and then he'll do stuff like today, and I'm just out on him, and then he'll do some other stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm back out. It's just like, dude, shit, like give yourself a go sit in the barn for a cup for a, for a weekend. Just enjoy, enjoy life. My God, Mike. Yeah, he's a, he's an interesting person. That's uh, well, I guess we'll say it that way. <laughs> that is uh, that is for sure. Are there guys, who are some guys you got your eyes on that you uh, think can make a big impact or guys in the in camp that that uh, we the Cowboys fans should get names to know, I guess. For me, I mean, I think if Dax around and if this guy is able to stay healthy, Cedric Wilson is still that dude he's one of the better wide receiver fours in the nfl um and i think if he comes in and he gets reps or if you know amari cooper has to miss a game or two if cd has to miss a game or two or or michael gallup he's somebody who with his skill set can play all three of those positions so i think he adds a ton of versatility to your team as a, a wide receiver four because he can play all of those positions um outside of that man uh quentin bohana uh, the big boy, six-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. I think what I noticed was the athleticism that he possessed for his size. I'm very interested to see how he's able to progress from a, a mental standpoint because what a lot of people don't understand, especially with the one-technique position, they think, oh, he's a space eater. He just has a gap that he's assigned to, and he just has to fill that gap. Well, it's a lot more complicated than that because gaps move with the offense. So you need to, off the snap of the ball, be able to immediately process what's going on with the guy that you're in in front of, if it's the center, if it's the guard, what blocking scheme are they showing you? Because you have to be able to exchange gaps or be able to go and track guys east-west if on stretch concepts. So you need to be quick off the ball. And that mental side of the game is what makes the transition from playing one technique or even three technique in college having that be a difficult transition at the NFL level. And that's something that I don't think a lot of people take into account when teams draft defensive tackles. So I, I think Quentin Bohana is a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing his progression. All right. That's a couple names to watch out. What, uh, what do you think? Uh, are you on the Zeke hype train this year? No, I can't get, I mean, I'm, I, I never am. 
but I can't get, I can't get behind it. I, I, I can never really get behind it. And, and it, it's nothing to do with Zeke. I actually do very much enjoy seeing that Zeke has slimmed down a little bit. Um, you know, it's best shape of your life season, obviously, but he legitimately does look like he's in the best shape he's been in since his rookie season. And I think that that's big, but at the end of the day, He's had like 1,800 touches in his first five years, and that is a ton of work. And at some point, you just start to get beat down a little bit, and that's definitely what we've seen from him. Physically, he has gotten beaten down, and I think that losing a little bit of weight, trying to bring some of that explosiveness back might be a good thing for him. But at the end of the day, the thing that he really brings is the ability to make one yard into three yards, the ability to make zero yards into two yards, to get those little micro gains that helped that offense continue to move the sticks. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that develops. And it'll also just be interesting to see, do they give Tony Pollard a little bit bigger of a workload? Do they split those carries a little bit more? Because one thing that I hate about this team is they like to rotate their backs in by series. And when mm-hmm. you do that, you get eight, nine, 10 plays in Zeke is tapping his helmet. So just keep those guys fresh Give them, bring them in and out in drives. Use them both at the same time as well, but but bring them in and out during drives so these guys can stay at the top of their physical abilities being, uh, not healthy, I was going to say healthy, but being... Um, in top condition or they're... Not they're winded. Of, yes. yes, as much energy, a lot of energy. Of yes, yeah. 100%. Keep them fresh. I also don't understand that too from a, from a game plan perspective. Like... Yeah. If you're a coach, you're going to figure out very early on that, hey, when it's a Zeke series, it's a Zeke series. When it's a Pollard series, Zeke ain't coming in. Like, yeah. that's so easy f- to, to figure out the game plan and potentially what plays are going to be called. And I'm not on the Zeke hype. Look, I want him to succeed. I want him to whatever, do well. But look, the guy's in his sixth year. We got to get to his sixth year in the league for him to come into his best shape of the life. Like, the extra motivation has to be that he's not going to get cut at the end of the year or something like there's like, why are you, why do you care now about getting in shape? What, what is the, what is the reason why, where was it earlier? I, I would venture to guess that he saw Dak in the off season. And that's, it had to be, and right? that's what, and because I mean, could also have been because there was a pandemic going on and he wasn't able to go and do the things that he would normally be doing in the offseason. <laughs> well, he could have. Um, he just probably could have got roasted if he would have done them. If he would have gotten a photo taken of him, yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So that they, I guess that is true. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of these guys, Lyle Collins is another one who saw Dak Prescott in the offseason, saw with a broken ankle him working his ass off and said, hey, why am I not doing this? That's a look. If that's what it takes, then I'd say some people, it takes, uh, people get motivated in different reasons. Yep. And so whatever it took good for him for finally getting in shape. One other, one last question I got on the Cowboys. Uh, wh- I will say last, I was doing some reading, but, uh, I would say backup offensive line is definitely an issue. Uh, would you agree with that or not? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't think early in the game yesterday the offensive line was too, too bad, but there were a lot of the starters playing. Um, we did see uh, Ty Nisicki, um, the swing tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. He's 35 years old. And he's, a, he's an older dude. He might be a little bit washed at this point. Um, or Alex Highsmith of the Pittsburgh Steelers just might be that good. Uh, but between Knight, Steele, and Nisicki, on the outside, I feel okay as long as two of them don't have to play. And it was my same thing as last year when when you lose Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins, it's a wash. You're, you're just not going to have a good offensive line at that point. But I think if one of them are able to stay healthy in 2021, I think you're going to be okay because I think Dak Prescott and this offense can make up for having one of those guys out. Now, on the interior, I'm actually pretty happy with what we have between Connor McGovern uh, Connor Williams played a little bit of center last night. I actually felt, uh, as I was watching the game yesterday, it looked like he was getting off the ball quite well and actually moving people. I thought that his more natural position uh, was either tackle or center at the NFL level anyways, um, instead of guard. And it at least appears that center might be it for him. So 
it'll be interesting to see what happens between him and Biotis. Zach Martin obviously didn't play yesterday. Um, and so you had Connor McGovern over there. And I thought that the offensive line moved uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line decently well. Uh, we saw Rico Dowdle, another name for Cowboys uh, fans to watch because he was explosive last night. He caught some passes. He uh, ran the ball, I thought, incredibly well. Um, he's an explosive dude. He, he's a smaller back, kind of a scat back type. Um, and I think that he'll touch the ball a little bit towards the uh, you know regular season as well. Yeah, no, that and my point was mainly on the tackles, but that's a good point. No, no team that loses their top two or their starting left tackle and right tackle is really going to be in good shape. And that was the yeah. uh, that was the problem uh, last year. All right, that's enough football, I think, for right now. After one uh, after one preseason game, they play the Cardinals. What next Saturday or Friday? Um, uh, I don't know what the schedule Thursday. was. There. I forget what day um, it is. I don't either, but I know they play the Cardinals uh, in the second preseason game, um, and then uh, we are uh, we are very close to the start of the uh, of the season. It is uh, yeah next Friday night at Arizona, and then they're home for the Texans, and then they get uh, the great Urban Meyer in town for to close out the. Uh, preseason and off we go all right let's get into f1 uh i would have to say both of us got into f1 with the drive to survive is this your full last did you watch were you full season last year of f1 or is this your first like full season watching this is my first this is my first full season watching yes okay so but last year you were watching when did when did you when did you start i should say when did you watch drive to survive thoughts and when did you start watching yeah, so I started watching Drive to Survive um, after the season last year, but I'd watched a couple of F1 races last year just because I'm big into cars anyways, and when I saw these cars and, and I knew about Drive to Survive, um, I knew I was going to watch it, and from everybody I'd heard from, I knew I was yeah. going to fall in love with it. But I started to track it actually a little bit because of No Laying Up, because they would talk about gotcha. it in their Sunday recap. Yes. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it to start, and the, the way that they talked about F1 and how into it they got immediately. I, I kind of figured it would be a, a sport that I would fall in love with. Um, I ended up getting F1 2020 on the computer, played <laughs> that a lot. Now I got F1 2021. Okay, uh, I was going to ask if you got the video game. Heck, yes, I do. Um, And so I play that a ton. It's just these cars are amazing. Uh, The user drivers are even more amazing. I I think to to be so close to each other in result um, and for these cars to, to really be the difference makers a lot of the time. Um, it's so much different than, than NASCAR where, you know, you, you get that physicality, you get that raw speed, uh, you get a lot of changes in the, the, the grid, as they would say in F1, um, as the, the race goes, there's, there's, there's not a lot uh, of, of movement, uh, in F1, a lot of the time, depending on the track, obviously. Um, but for me, watching what Red Bull has been able to accomplish this year with the car, with Max, how just absolutely dominant he's been when he's not getting ran off the track. <laughs> yeah. It's it's been it's been a, a joy to watch that team. Um, I uh, finally picked a favorite driver that is Pierre Gasly. Um, okay. I I, uh, I don't know how I came to that conclusion. Um, I think it was probably season two. Um, when he lost his, his friend, um, in F2 in the accident at spa. Um, and then just seeing him ascend with, uh, AlphaTauri, uh, when he lost the, the Red Bull seat, it would be really cool if he got the Red Bull seat again. Um, but I guess we'll, we'll see, um, because it might end up being, uh, George Russell, uh, as well. And, and listen, I would love to see Russell get into a car. That's not a Williams. And, I would love to see the the little team in Williams be a little bit better. Okay, there's a lot there, but we'll I'll I'll start. Uh, have you got a steering wheel yet, or are you still going on controller? No, I'm still playing on controller, and honestly, I shouldn't be uh, because my right trigger is starting to to get a little bit wonky. <laughs> um, I almost bought an entire rig that pedal <laughs> wheels. Uh, 
and and all of that. But then I, I think we're gonna sell the house um, okay. and move back to my parents' house for a little bit um, as we transition to a, a new living, um, uh, a, a new living space. I guess because gotcha. we're gonna end up we're gonna end up moving somewhere else um, away from my parents. Uh, but yeah. we're just. Uh, don't want to bring a, a full like four foot rig into their basement. <laughs> it didn't seem right. Cause I have, so I've, I got a, 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 a 2020. I have not gotten 2021. I'm still debating if I want to get it. I know it's good. It's, it's I think it's, it's better it's than 2021. Way better. It's and, way better than 2020. And I've seen people when I've, I've watched on Twitch, people play the curbs seem absolutely ridiculous. And this one, um, the, the, the grip, spin-outs the grip are insane. In, yeah, the grip in this game is so much more difficult. It, it yeah. really is. You really have to to get in and out of corners with with feathering and really be uh, weary about what kind of power you're putting down um, in and out of those apexes. And yeah, the curbs are nasty in 2021 <laughs> for sure. The, I have had probably about three different wheels and pedals in 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 the cart. And like yeah. looked at it, like ready to buy it. And was like, nah, I don't want to do this. I'm yeah. not going to do it. But it makes it so much. I had a wheel when I was a kid. Me too. Playing the NASCAR game. And it Me makes it so too. much better. The thing too is, is like if I'm playing these online. So I'll play online a little bit sometimes just to have some fun. You can't keep up. You can't keep up if you got a wheel because you can't feather the gas. You can't feather the trigger um on it or feather the brake in there and also like monaco is a awesome track but if you're on a controller it's literally impossible for you to drive at the speed you need to you get down in that chicane your thumb can't move that fast on the joystick no, to make the turn you some of the chicanes you your, your your thumb is not fast enough i think of silverstone that's probably a hard hard track to drive anyways but you get in that little s section you you got to preset it to already your thumb going one way and then get you your thumb can't do it. It's not fast yeah. enough. Or 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 Monaco going going from the the long straight to to the the S curve and that game that one is, yes that one's tough because that one is really brutal. An S. That's a that's a a full three point turn there. That's that's an interesting one. And then you have the really sharp the two really sharp turns right before that. And and in this game in 2021, it is tough to keep your car going straight there. That's for sure. Okay, so yes, the game. I'm, I, I'm. I think a lot of people when they first buy the game, they, they, it's just a. You, you gotta buy it because in in the career mode, you have to like make decisions after like somebody in your engine department is gonna make a a bad joke on Twitter, and you're gonna either have to make them apologize on Twitter or you fire them. Like you have <laughs> like staffing moves that you have to. It is incredible. That's much better than before you, when you just. So much fun, man. Okay, I'll probably have to get it then. But no, I'm saying a lot of people probably have the thing of i'm like x i'm x years old i'm late 20s early 30s 30s why am i buying a steering wheel yes. for a stupid video game it's yeah. more of that rather than just uh just that than just that that is the hurdle um ghastly i'm not surprised he's your i guess i'm a little surprised he's your favorite driver when you said red bull i thought you were gonna say i'm a max guy i thought you were I gonna like, go there here, i'm not saying you don't dislike max i thought you were yeah, gonna no, say no, max no, is my favorite guy yeah it's so tough because I, I, I really wanted to get in here and, and not like Max or or Hamilton. Like it, it, it yeah. Lewis Lewis is so cool. Like you know what I mean. He's just for sure. He's got the piercings, he's a good looking dude, he's got the hair. I mean, he's got everything. He's the best racer of all time. Um and so for me, like it's it would be easy to like him. It'd be easy to like Max because he's kind of like the underdog elite driver. Um, Red Bulls finally got their stuff going, but I wanted to get somebody in that middle to to lower tier. And, and Gasly was just kind of the guy that I gravitated towards. But I like a ton of the top guys. I I, I really like um, the the McLaren team. Um, uh, yes, both of those guys I like a lot. Um, and, and I love Carlos Sainz, man. Carlos Sainz is is somebody who I I really really like. And then Daniel Ricciardo, like there's so many great personalities that you get to see in the Drive to Survive series. It's tough not to gravitate kind of towards all of them because I think that there's a lot of great personalities in the sport. And the best part about the sport is just how unfiltered it is. <laughs> yes. It's my favorite part about it. They don't give a, they don't give a damn. Yeah. They'll they'll talk crap about anybody. They'll f a person. Like, it does it does not matter. They do not care. It's so great. Also, 
every, I mean, just, I don't know. Every time I see Schumacher, I, I, he looks just a carbon copy of his father. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah he, no, the, the thing is, Oh, I can like I just a, say Haas is a disgrace? Can can I get that to out America or the grid? Dis- Mazapan is an absolute disgrace. <laughs> well, he's getting money. There, he's fun. His dad's funding the team. Of course, know, he's going to be. Man. You know, I we know. got three. We got three kids of people funding funding teams in the in the on the grid. You know that yeah. no, Latifi. I know. I know. I saw a TikTok that Latifi's dad bought Lawrence Stroll's yacht. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and listen, I I I I don't love Lance because that's a bit of nepotism. But Lance, but he's good. Actually, he's the he he's actually a good drive driver. A car. Yeah, he can actually drive a car. So yes. I'll, I'll take that. Yes, I mean he's not a, a danger to everybody around him. Like Mazepin. no, 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 Mazepin is not. No, Mazepin is is. It's is tough a, to be a danger to anybody else when you're at the back of the grid, too. For so sure, it is. It is. It is. But he almost took out uh, Mick at, yeah. at Baku, I think. Yeah. Um, they I almost had Baku a so much. That's a great love track. Love track. it. The castle well, turn on the video game is absolutely electric. Impo- a, it's impossible. It's very hard. <laughs> very it's impossible. Very. The curbs now. Um, yeah. But uh, no, I mean it's it, it's it's such a such a great. Can we talk about that wreck? Uh, which one? The last one. Oh, and uh, at Silverstone. I mean, did did they did they was that on purpose? Lewis. No, I mean no no no. It, it wasn't Lewis. Oh, Botas, Botas. Yeah, uh, was Botas. it on purpose? No, I don't think it was on purpose because here's the thing. Bot Botas is in the situation with his contract that he doesn't need to be doing that. He I know. needs to. He. I just think he. I just think he he didn't realize that they were going to be breaking that soon and he got he got caught out um well he had a bad start so he was behind the eight ball lando overtook him who lando's awesome you got to go watch his youtube stuff he's hilarious yeah um and he didn't realize that lando was going to break there and he he broke but he his brakes he locked up and it was a it was a pinball accident and the red bulls were just in a in a bad spot and yeah. I know I don't think it was on purpose, mainly because Botas is literally fighting to f- drive in the Mercedes or go to Williams or Alfa Romeo next year. Like those are he's got three. He's got three cars he wants to get into Mercedes, Williams, back to Williams or into Alfa R- R- Romeo. Yeah, which tough. one does he want to be in? Like, yeah, I mean, but maybe Toto says, hey. Do a little funny business, take out a couple Red Bulls. We'll okay. save our spot in the championship. That's he's Botas is to Botas gets a lot of crap, but he is a good team guy for the most part. Like he's got a, he's I think Botas is the toughest seat in on the grid. Oh, easily because you know everything is about Lewis. Yes, you know everything is about Lewis, and honestly, I, I feel like even though Max is his done all of this great work i feel like the 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 team of he and perez has been really good this year as well Um, oh for sure and then i mean can we talk about fernando alonso and how great he was holding off oh lewis hamilton god amazing the best that was the best driving i've seen since i I started watching f1 last year it was that was unbelievable and like you said earlier with lando he's entertaining as hell and he's got a ton of pace as well he's a lot of fun and that's the mclaren it got them going. It's tough to see Danny not really get into that car very well. Um, but you know, he had some bad luck in Hungary on Sunday. If you go look at yeah. the overhead, if he doesn't get wiped out by uh, Daddy Stroll going across the grass, he is he's in he's in second. He is yeah. in second after that, and he probably pits for the mediums and is he's got a chance to get a podium. Like he Stroll uh, just killed his race on Sunday. Yeah, Stroll. That I mean, and that was tough for Stroll because I mean he couldn't stop in time, so he only really had the the ability to go wide <laughs> yes. into the grass. I mean, he didn't have any other option. Um, what the what the, what's going on with getting the penalty, getting DQ'd for the 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 gas for not having enough gas? I felt so bad for for Seth. Vettel. Like, yes, yeah. I feel so bad for because he's. I didn't know there was a thing. Guy. I knew it was a thing, but I didn't think they were actually going to do it. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. And if you, if you, I don't know if you watch their uh, YouTube content on F1. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so they got. I always love when they do the uh, everybody's end of the race uh, radio communications. Yeah. They put that together. That's a must listen. The best downboard. If you go back and watch, like they did this to Russell and Latifi, and a couple other teams did it. They did it to Vettel too. They're like, stop the car at the end of the pit lane. Stop the car at the end of the pit lane. When they got done, they're like, we need to save fuel. We need to save fuel. Like there were a lot of teams that I think were like on the verge of that fuel thing. And Vettel went a little bit farther than he should have. But no, I feel horrible for Vettel. And the whole thing is, look, he doesn't get the points for it, which is a big thing because that's where you get your money. But everybody knows he got second in the race. Yeah. Like, what would have happened if he would have won? Because he, he was the faster car than Ocon this past weekend. What happens he if was. he would have overtaken him? Vettel, what a great story. The vet, after Ferrari wins and at wins in the Aston Martin, he's mm-hmm. he's had some good races this season. He's getting the groove. And then it's DQ. Like, no one wants to see that. Like, just FIA, come on. Maybe we don't need to penalize every guy for everything. I Listen, I... I... Totally 100% agree with you. Um, and Ocon, man, like getting his win, getting that win, was, that was huge. Yeah, he does nothing for, him, for me, though. I like he no, does absolutely I, I nothing. He's, he's not nothing. a big personality at all. No, not at all. There is no, one no, thing. See, so you mentioned Russell when you when we were first talking. So Russell's obviously what he's, he's the favorite for the uh Mercedes seat, I would have to say. Yes, and next year with the new uh regulations, restrictions, whatever they, everybody assumes that the field is going to be much more tighter. Not mm-hmm. saying that Red Bull and Mercedes aren't still going to be the best, but the races are going to be closer. The teams in the back aren't going to be as bad as they are now. I mean, Haas has said we're going to be better next year. They're not even trying this year. Ferraris pretty much gave up on this year too, even though they got some pace, but yeah. part of me, I want to see Russell and the Williams next year against an evener field. Like me too. Ju- just I, for I the feel f- like he can really drive, man. Oh, but, totally. Like but did that you Williams see, car is bad. Did you see the race? You know the race uh in uh the second uh race in Bahrain last year when he when he drove Lewis's car and yeah. he should have won the race, except for he got the the team let him down the mercedes team let him down it wasn't for him like yeah weird mercedes letting their drivers down (laughs) weird he can he could drive his car but part of me wants to see russell i want to see russell drive the williams it's going to be better it's going to be more competitive it's even more competitive this year but i want to see him in just more of an even car than just go hey right to the mercedes just I know it's not what he wants for his career, but for the sport of F1, I think if you say, hey, George, one year in the Williams, let's see what he can do. He, he could get fifth. He, who knows what he's going to do? You got to think the Williams is going to be good. They're planning for it next year. It's a more even field. They get more uh, aero time or, or uh, air, uh, aero time, whatever. Just like for the excitement, me as a fan, I want to see him in the Williams because I know in the Mercedes what he's going to do. He's going to get a bunch of poles. He's going to win races and he's going to fight for a championship. Yeah. It's crazy just to say that, but I just based on the race last year, I know he's going to do that. Yeah, he, he he's a driver um, and I'm really excited. It, you know, Ferrari has kind of given up, but they they've just had some really bad luck. Leclerc yes. having outstanding pace for two weeks in a row and, and wrecking the car. And yeah. Was, unbelievable um and they've had some car issues uh here and there as well uh, i mean i'm kind of surprised that that signs is leading leclerc uh in the standings but it's it's partially because leclerc can't stay on the freaking track for sure that monaco wreck was hilarious but that was also a killer because he was going to start on pole and he couldn't because they decided not to take the penalty what uh do you so you said your favorite driver do you have a favorite team manager Oh, team you principal, know, I, I should say. I, I, I really, I, I don't really have a, a favorite team principal. I, I, I wish that I did. Uh, I mean, Christian Horner is obviously a, a uh, uh, camera whore. I mean, that's <laughs> for sure. He loves, he absolutely loves having that camera in. I mean, he's married to a spice girl. Loves- what do you expect? What's up? Yeah. He's married to a spice true. girl. What do you expect? <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I, uh, outside of, uh, outside of him, nobody really does anything for me. Toto doesn't really do anything for me. I think he's kind of a snake. Um, <laughs> but, and that's kind of entertaining, but outside of that, I, I don't really have a, a ton, um, of love for any of those guys. 
Okay, because uh, everybody loves Gunter just because their team is so bad, and he's hanging on by a thread. I, I loved I loved Gunter early. Like yes. in Drive to Survive, he was he was fantastic in in year one. But that that team has just gotten so bad; it's tough to even pay attention to him. Yeah, I mean he knows he's up against it. Um, but that's a funny. I will say I'm not a big Cyril guy, but I do wish uh I could have got Cyril's reaction on Sunday after Alpine got the win. That would have been uh that would have been tasty there. I would have really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, everything about F it's it's the F one is. It's like NBA levels of what happens on the track is cool. And yeah, you care about it, but the drama really off the track is what yeah. is what drives it and the personalities. And that is like, it's, it's great. Well, you gotta be, you gotta be a little bit weird to get sure. behind the wheel of one of these cars. Yes. You gotta be a little bit off. So you usually get a lot of big personalities in, in racing um and i mean in the social media era and, and honestly with drive to survive i mean it's just outstanding that, how well that it's shot and produced and the, the stories that they're able to get are, are unbelievable yeah no it is um what is your uh since you played the game you know you pretty much know all the tracks minus a couple here or there whatever what is your uh do you have a favorite track or a favorite but, couple tracks yeah, but I mean, Baku is my favorite track. I, okay. I love, I love the Castle Turn. Um, also, I, I really, I Monaco is just, it's got so much history. I, yeah. I, I it, that's on my, my bucket list to to get to a race at Monaco and to be able to be a part of that would be unbelievable. Um, I also have to bring up Portugal, um, just because, um, I that's probably where me and the wife are going to end up moving um nice so i uh, i gotta shout that one out as well okay. um even though i don't have a, a ton of experience on that i obviously um have played it in the game and uh, have seen it um it was featured on the very first episode of the grand tour uh so if you guys haven't seen that also go and watch that um because they did the the hypercar test there yes uh all right mine are i like i like but Azerbaijan, but it's not, it's up there, but I think spas, my spa and Monza are, uh, are my favorite ones. I think Monza's spa's great, man. Monza's it's... very, spa's so good. Monza's very simple. It's like three little chicane turns that are easy to do, but it's just a speed. It's a speed track. And that is, yeah. that's a great one. And I, I think spa is probably the best one on the circuit because it's a mix. It's a mix of, uh, which is Belgium coming up in, in a month or three weeks. It's the best one because you get speed, but you also got to have some downforce on the car. You get your nice turns there. I just think it's a great, and it's a long track too. It's like, I think three miles, the longest one on the circuit for the whole, the whole year. But I think that is a great, uh, a great one. Yeah, no, I, it, for sure. I mean, and there's a lot of great tracks yes. in F1 that they for race sure. it. Yeah, for sure. I do think it's always interesting how they're like, oh, this track, like they were saying this past week for Hungary. And obviously Monaco, it's like so small in the streets. Are, but Hungary, they're like, it's just a more, it's a Grand Prix, it's a Grand Prix Monaco. It's like hard to pass. Well, yeah. why can they, I wish they would sometimes explain why a track like Hungary is hard to pass. Like, are the turn, are yes. they too, like, are the corners too, do they take up too fast to pass? Are there not enough like setups on them? Like maybe if they could explain it a little more, say, Hey, why is it like in Monaco, you could see the track and you're like, okay, I understand why this track is hard, but hungry you're left, uh, scratching your head a little bit of like, why is this a track that's hard to pass on? Yeah. Cause I mean, it definitely has the space. Yeah. So I, th that is a great question. And that, I, I do feel like they do a, a pretty good job overall of explaining the sport. Oh, for sure. Um, great job. But that, that is one thing that they don't really ever get too deep into detail with, uh, at least during the race. Yeah. Um, th they'll talk about it like during practices and stuff, yeah. uh, but they do it very, uh, very seldom during the races. Uh, have you been down to uh, COA? I'm no, I'm going this year though. Awesome. We got tickets uh, for this year. Very awesome. I, I went down there uh, a couple of years ago, and it rained. For the F1 like, race? 
Yeah, and it rained like nice. crazy. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was it was tough because um, it got really humid after that as well. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, it's a lot of fun. Those those cars are so insane. I mean, they're, they're cruising in yeah. in on TV, but it's a whole different level when you get to see them in person. Yeah, we're sitting in turn twelve. I think it's off the long back stretch at nice. the uh, at the corner. So there's probably a high passing. Uh, a high passing zone. All right, we'll wrap up here. One, the one last thing I have is, who do you think is going to win the constructors and then the driver championship? I think Max is going to take it for the drivers. Okay, and then do you think Red Bull's going to also? Then I assume you think Red Bull's going to win the uh, constructors as well. Then I I do. I I think they've been the more consistent team so far, and they've just had a, a little bit of bad luck recently, um, and and mostly I. I I think Max and uh, Lewis kind of cancel each other out. They're both going to kind of trade wins here and there, um, depending on the track. But I, I think that Sergio Perez, how good he's been in that Red Bull car, um, has has really been the, the difference maker with Red Bull this year. Yeah, no, he's definitely been the difference maker for Red Bull. They finally got a consistent, uh, consistent guy in there. Because look, Gasly's a great yeah. driver. He wasn't ready for it. He just never, yeah, he wasn't ready, and that car is hard to drive. Albon, look, he he had some good performances, but Lewis, whenever he had a good performance, Lewis would just end his race, and he would he would kick him off the field, spin him out, and he never got the confidence after that. Now they got a true vet in the car, and it's paying off. He's got to qualify a little bit better, Perez, but but the man's got tire management down to. Un- I mean, yeah. that guy could drive on tires forever. I mean, it seems uh-huh. like he's never, those tires always have life. But uh, no, I I think Max is going to win. Ma- Max is just so psycho. He's going to do, he, look, if it comes down to Abu Dhabi, the last race of the year, and he's up like, if, and if he, cr- he he'll crash out Lewis so he could win the title the last race of the year. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. I don't 100%. think Lewis would do it, but Max is so crazy that that he will do it. And that would be, Electric if he did, because Lewis would be a little P. He'd be P. Oh my God, okay, one last thing be before. I think you have to agree with me. But when you hear the after qualifying, after after the race, I've said this before all the time on this podcast, but isn't it so annoying when you hear the Mercedes engineer, what, Babano's his guy, I guess, whatever, and he's like, oh my God, Lewis, you got pole. Oh my God, I can't believe you did it today. You got oh, pole. What like, a great drive. You're in the best like car that. and you're the best driver in the last, like, ever. Like, come on. I don't need this fake enthusiasm. Like, like I think Lewis is really enjoying the fight. You could see it from last year to this year. Like, he's he's got a different pep in the step. Like, he's really enjoying yeah. the fight with Max. But it's just like the false, like, shock sometimes when he wins a race or gets yeah. a pole. It's like, come on. I don't need this. That's that's one thing. And uh, another thing is when things aren't going right, you oh. can see that Lewis isn't as calm and collected as he's been in the past oh. either. He knows that he's up against it and that car has got to perform week in and week out because Max is on his heels. And I think that that's made for an outstanding season so far. Lewis is ready to complain on the on the he, spot, man. on the spot, he is. He was complaining about Alonso. Did you see that? He goes, "Oh, look, Fernando's driving all over the track." And Alonso, I don't know if you heard this oh, after the race. He just goes, he goes, "Oh, Lewis is always complaining. That's nothing new over there." Yeah. But he's he is always, and it's like he's got the LeBron syndrome. He's got yes, the LeBron syndrome. These all-time greats just complain about everything, just because it's just a funny thing that all these guys do. If something goes against them, they're ready to complain on the and on drop of a yes absolutely and my mom so my mom's big into f1 um and my by watching drive drive to survive so she's a big uh big uh uh lewis fan so whenever i tell her like oh lewis is complaining again they just can't get behind him he's complaining i don't need to hear this she always gets mad at me for saying uh for saying that but uh, all right dalton uh i think this is a good spot to wrap up uh, thanks again for coming on. Tell uh, people where they can find you again. Uh, you can find me at the Pro Football Network. That's where all my football stuff is. Uh, you can find my Formula One takes on Twitter. Um, and, <laughs> like everybody uh, else. Yes, and you can watch. Uh, you can also watch me on YouTube at the Pro Football Network YouTube, and you can watch me uh, play video games and talk about football on uh, my Twitch, which is Dalton B. Miller, same as my Twitter. All right. 
Thanks, Dalton. We'll do it again uh, during football season. Hey, Warren, thanks for having me. All right, no problem. We'll be back next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you.